Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Legally speaking, we have marriage equality, including adoption, and also anti-discriminatory law we have. Now the issues in Slovenia are more focusing on the right of transgender person and on education about LGBT issues in schools. I would say we are pretty conservative. There is still a strong influence of the Catholic Church. But I think slowly, slowly people are learning that there is no reason of fear, so there is no reason of hate. Welcome to This Way Out, the international LGBTQ radio magazine. I'm Greg Gordon. Iraq lawmakers ponder an official same-gender sex ban. A Navajo proposal seeks recognition of all marriages. And Slovenian activists temper big gains with backlash concerns. Those stories and more this week, now that you've discovered This Way Out. I'm Sarah Montague. And I'm John Dyer V. With Newswrap, a summary of some of the news in or affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending July 8th, 2023. Lawmakers in Iraq could see a ban on same-gender sex on the agenda when their next session begins in September. The proposed bill was officially submitted to Parliament on July 3rd, sponsored by Deputy Head of the Committee on Legal Affairs, Motada El-Sadi. Private consensual adult same-gender sex is not specifically outlawed in Iraq. However, the criminalization of LGBTQ people is allowed under the 1969 Penal Code and under Islamic law, or Sharia. Iraq is a notoriously inhospitable place for sexual and gender minorities. Government officials in Baghdad and regional Kurdish authorities condemned several foreign missions for flying the rainbow flag to acknowledge the International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia and Biphobia last year. Members of Iraq's parliament then began collecting signatures on a proposal to make same-gender sex illegal, but that effort fizzled. For years before that, influential Shia cleric Muqtada el-Sadre has pushed for a same-gender sex ban. He blames LGBTQ people for COVID-19 and referred to M-pox as gay-pox. He's promising to mobilize millions of Iraqi citizens and educational institutions to support the proposed bill. Members of Iraqi's Kurdistan regional government are considering their own no-promo-homo bill. It would punish anyone who advocates for LGBTQ rights with a fine equivalent to almost 4,000 U.S. dollars and up to a year in prison. The measure also threatens media companies and civil society organizations that promote homosexuality with shutdowns of up to a month. A bill in the Czech Republic to open civil marriage to same-gender couples passed its first reading in the lower house of parliament. Conservative members of the Czech Chamber of Deputies campaigned to reject the amendment to the civil code, but it survived by a vote of 58 to 68. All the rights and obligations of civil marriage are included, such as joint property ownership, entitlement to widows and widowers' pensions, parental rights, and access to family health care. It now goes to parliamentary committees for debate and potential amendments before returning for a final vote. 
President Milos Zeman halted any premature cork-popping, though. To him, a family is a union of a man and a woman. Period. And he says he'll veto any marriage equality bill that reaches his desk. A bill pushed by members of the Christian Democratic Party for a constitutional amendment defining marriage Zeman's way also passed its first reading. Lesbian and gay couples in the Czech Republic can already enter into less-than-equal registered partnerships, which, under the current proposal, would be abolished in favor of full marriage equality. Reuters cited an opinion poll conducted in May that found 58% of Czech citizens supporting marriage equality. Even more respondents favored the right of same-gender couples to adopt. Navajo Nation Council Delegate Seth Damon has introduced a marriage equality bill. It would overturn a 2005 amendment to the Tribal Code that says marriage between persons of the same sex is void and prohibited. Members of the Navajo Nation have been able to marry in the U.S. states they live in, but those marriages are not recognized by the sovereign Navajo Nation. Damon used the tribe's recently established annual pride celebration at the end of June to present the measure. He wrote, The purpose of the legislation I'm sponsoring is to ensure that all Diné are welcome within the four sacred mountains and to recognize all marriages within the Navajo Nation. Dena means the people in the Navajo language. Damon's bill exempts the traditional Navajo wedding ceremony, which would still be reserved for monogamous heterosexuals. As the proposed legislation explains, European religious influence viewed homosexuality as an intolerable sin. As a result, the acceptance of LGBTQ and two-spirit people declined within tribal nations. A five-day public comment period on Damon's proposal ended on June 29th. Previous efforts to open Navajo marriage to gay and lesbian couples have failed. Two such bills were rejected by the council last year. The U.S. Supreme Court leaned toward the side of LGBTQ rights in a ruling announced the same day as its highly publicized decision to undermine those rights. The court majority refused to review a federal appeals court decision mandating access to reasonable accommodations under the Americans with Disabilities Act for people with gender dysphoria. The ruling involved inmate Keisha Williams, a transgender woman who sued authorities in Fairfax County, Virginia, for improperly housing her in the men's jail after they discovered that she had not had gender affirmation surgery. With farthest-right Justices Alito and Thomas in scathing dissent, by declining to review her case, the justices have allowed her lawsuit to go forward. The Supreme Court action is only binding in the states over which the 4th U.S. District Court of Appeals has jurisdiction, Maryland, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, and West Virginia. Fourth Circuit Judge Diana Gribben Motts wrote in the majority opinion, a transgender person's medical needs are just as deserving of treatment and protection as anyone else's. Back on the side of its controversial anti-LGBTQ wedding website ruling, the U.S. Supreme Court has ordered a review of a 10-year-old decision in the case of Oregonian Christian bakers Aaron and Melissa Klein. Sweet Cakes by Melissa was fined thousands of dollars for refusing to bake a wedding cake for a lesbian couple. A 2013 lower court ruling sided with state laws banning such discrimination. 
The Supreme Court had vacated the ruling against Sweet Cakes by Melissa in 2019 and ordered a review of the original ruling by Oregon's appeal court, citing the Masterpiece Cake Shop decision the previous year. The High Court overturned a Colorado court's ruling against owner Jack Phillips for refusing to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple, charging state courts with anti-religious bias. The Oregon court upheld its ruling against the Kleins. The High Court has now sent the Kleins case back to the Oregon Court of Appeals in light of last week's 303 creative decision for another review of their rulings against Sweet Cakes by Melissa. Trump appointee Neil Gorsuch wrote the majority opinion. Kelly Shackelford of the Christian nationalist organization First Liberty Institute told the Christian Post that the High Court's June 30th weddings website ruling has renewed the client's efforts to overturn the court rulings against them. He said, we will stand with them no matter how long it takes to get the victory they deserve. Democrats in Michigan, Louisiana, and North Carolina are successfully fighting anti-queer Republicans in their respective U.S. states. The Democratic majority in Michigan has sent a bill to Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer that bans so-called conversion therapy for minors. Whitmer has a strong pro-LGBTQ record and is expected to sign it. In Louisiana, Democratic Governor John Bell Edwards has vetoed three anti-queer bills. One outlaws gender-affirming health care for minors and punishes medical professionals who provide it. Bell Edwards also vetoed a Louisiana version of a Don't Say Gay bill. A third measure would allow teachers to ignore gender non-confirming students' preferred names or pronouns and to out those students to their parents. While both houses of the state legislature enjoy Republican majorities, it requires a two-thirds vote in both chambers to override a governor's veto. And North Carolina's Democratic Governor Roy Cooper has also vetoed three anti-queer bills. One bans gender-affirming health care for patients under the age of 18. A second excludes trans girls and women's participation in middle school, high school, and college sports. A third limits classroom discussion of gender identity and sexual orientation. Republicans have supermajorities in the North Carolina legislature, so overrides are likely. Queer advocates have already said that they'll file legal challenges to any of the laws that survive Cooper's veto. Finally, a single Florida parent has demonstrated how far opponents will go to prevent students from learning about diversity, inclusion, and equality. A Leon County school board may actually remove I Am Billie Jean King from elementary school library shelves. Katie Lyons cited Florida's Don't Say Gay law in her objection to the book. She has a daughter in second grade at an elementary school in Tallahassee. The children's biography of the tennis legend has a single page referring to King's recognition of her sexual orientation. It reads, Being gay means that if you're a girl, you love and have romantic feelings for other girls, and if you're a boy, you love and have romantic feelings for other boys. Author Brad Meltzer spoke out against the proposed ban, writing in a recent tweet, The world needs more tolerance, not less. If you really want to protect children, teach them critical thinking. Just don't say gay. Gay, 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 Just don't say gay. That's News Wrap, global queer news with attitude for the week ending July 8th, 2023. Follow the news in your area and around the world. 
An informed community is a strong community. News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeChazor, and brought to you by you. Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm John Dyer V. Stay healthy. And I'm Sarah Montague. Stay safe. I'm a little tired of the weary throwaway line that there is no such thing as the gay sensibility. Of course there is such a thing as the gay sensibility. Of course gay men and women think in some fundamental ways differently from straight. It is not just about what we do in bed. It is about the echoes in the culture of who we are or who we aren't. Hi, I'm Clive Barker. Listen to This Way Out. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways. By subscribing to our e-newsletter. Email us at info at thiswayout.org. And through your financial contributions to our program. More information and a link to give are online at thiswayout.org. Thank you. It's been more than a year since Slovenia's far-right parliamentary majority fell to the Environmentalist Freedom Movement Party. That should be a positive sign for the Central European country's LGBTQ community, which has been out and active since the mid-1980s. This way out Sydney, Australia correspondent Barry Mackay got a view of Slovenian queer life from a World Pride participant and then updated that interview with subsequent news from Pride season. Slovenian activist Mitya Blazic has been a journalist since 1994. He became the first Slovenian to officially register a same-sex partnership in his homeland and he and his partner founded the DIH Association in 2003, now one of Slovenia's most prominent LGBTIQ plus human rights groups. In 2009, Blazic was attacked with lit torches at Café Orpin, one of Ljubljana's most prominent gay venues by three men, causing him serious head injuries. In court proceedings, his attackers were pardoned and only had to pay for the damage they caused to the cafe. Earlier this year, Mitya Blazic and his partner visited Sydney to attend the World Pride Human Rights Conference, where I happened to encounter him along the World Pride parade route. Okay, could I get your name? Uh, I'm Mitya Blazic. And what organisation are you with? 
I'm here as a freelance journalist, but I worked for, um, I would say, 10 years for diverse LGBT uh, NGOs like uh, DIG and Legebitra. Back in Slovenia? Back in Slovenia, yes. Can you tell me about the situation with LGBT rights in Slovenia? So right now the, the most fresh news is that from the 31st of January this year we have uh, fully enabled the family code which gives a same-sex couple full equality including the adoption. It was a 34-year uh, fight for these rights. It started in 89, and it went through several phases. Actually, uh, my husband and me were very involved in this uh, process, like activists. For example, uh, when the right-wing government in 2005 passed the law, the first registration partnership law, which was very limited and discriminatory, we kind of sued our country in front of the Constitutional Court and we won the case and the uh, Constitutional Court ordered the Parliament to change the law. But we were just a part of this huge movement that was in Slovenia for from 84. So next year we are celebrating 40 years of uh, LGBT uh, human rights movement and uh, it started like a cultural festival, homosexuality and culture. And we still preserve the, for example, the LGBT film festival is going on from 84. We had the first Pride Parade in uh, 2001 and we keep going on with the parade. Right now, I would say that uh, legally speaking, we have complete equality. It has to be marriage equality, marriage equality including adoption, but it, and also anti-discriminatory uh, law we have. It's um, against the law to discriminate people on the basis of sexual orientation, sexual identity and also some other uh, circumstances that I don't understand how it's uh, in English, mm. uh, sexual expression actually. So it's prohibited to discriminate people based on these three grounds, even on the field of work or, or labor, on several fields. We have a very strong anti-discriminatory law. Uh, that passed in 2016 and we are implementing it very well. I think now the issues in Slovenia are more focusing on the uh, right of transgender person, on the legal gender recognition law and on other issues like education uh, about LGBT issues in schools. Uh, so there is still a lot of work to do, but the basic marriage equality and anti-discriminatory law is now in place. I think we are progressive in a sense of laws, but regarding the society I would say we, we are pretty conservative still, because the leading religion in Slovenia is uh, Catholic. It's Catholic, It's yeah. Catholic, yes, and although by constitution we have a separation from state and church, I would say that there is still a strong influence of the Catholic Church, especially now after this law has passed, the Catholic Church has really started to organize to fight back. There is a backlash on a, a very strong movement from, from their part, I would say. What is the effect of the war in Ukraine on LGBT rights in Slovenia, do you think? Do you think with what's happening in some parts of Eastern Europe, is that having an effect? I think that we were part of Yugoslavia for 70 years. And actually Yugoslavia was still part of the Eastern Bloc, but was actually leading uh, the non-alliant movement. So 
the president of the time, and also dictator of the time, uh, actually Tito. Tito, yes, he distanced himself from Stalin and from the Soviet Union. So we were like in between the two systems, uh, trying to find the third way. So the consequence of this, I think, it was that Yugoslavia, especially Slovenia, was more progressive, more looking towards the West all the time. So if you ask people in Slovenia, probably they will say they don't belong to the Eastern Bloc because they more identify themselves with the Western Bloc because we were always in the middle. There is not much influence from what is happening in the Soviet Union to Slovenia. We have refugees from the war, also LGBT refugees. The LGBT society uh, in Slovenia organized to kind of collect funds for the NGOs uh, of Ukraine to help them uh, with uh, uh, shelters and uh, what they need, food and uh, also communication and technology and stuff. But Slovenia is not kind of target country. They, uh, the refugees, they want to go more west, like Italy or Germany. or so. But for example, in Italy, there is uh, much more persons from Ukraine, also LGBT, who came as refugees. Yeah. 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 What do the average Slovenians think of LGBT? Are they fairly tolerant? or? From uh, We have a public survey that is going on for the last 30 years. And they were measuring the social distance towards LGBT people, asking citizens uh, who they don't want to have for neighbor. And uh, in the 90s, around six, more than 60% of people replied a homosexual man they wouldn't like to have as a as a neighbor this percentage dropped in the last years to around 25 percent so it's getting better we are still not there but it's getting better and i guess as the generations get older and and younger people go through the generations yeah. attitudes are changing yeah yeah because also people i think uh, the movement is very strong it's going on for 40 years and is very present also in the media with stories and is very supportive towards LGBT youth and also elderly and and I think these are topics that are in the media and we are discussing about these topics and people are losing this uh, fear from homosexuality bisexuality and transgender people Yeah, yeah yeah so I think we are slowly slowly people are learning that there is no reason of fear so there is no reason of hate but there is still a lot, a lot to do. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? Seeing the 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 Mardi Gras parade for the first time is very exciting. It's a very beautiful uh, event, and uh, we actually really nothing. Nothing is big in Slovenia. No, <laughs> we just have two million people. So can you imagine? Our pride parade is uh, three thousand people maximum. So here, three thousand is just this. <laughs> so yeah. Thank you very much and Thank you. happy World Pride. Happy World Pride to you too. Thank you. Since my interview took place, the Slovenian Times has reported that the evening before the Pride Parade in the Slovenian capital Ljubljana on the 18th of June this year, unknown perpetrators broke a window displaying a rainbow flag in Pritlice, a popular gay venue right next to the town hall that is owned by a prominent LGBTIQ plus rights activist. Regarding the incident, it was reported on Twitter 
After the 2009 attack of neo-Nazis on Café Open, a gay venue in Ljubljana, after all the verbal and physical attacks on the LGBTIQ plus community, public instigation of hatred has materialised yet again. History repeats itself and continues. In addition to this, before the Pride Parade began, several media reported a young woman draped in a rainbow flag being assaulted at Bavaski Davor, a busy transport junction located on the route of the Pride Parade. A minor altercation occurred at another point along the route of the parade as a group of young men and women held up a large banner saying there are only two genders, eliciting boos from the participants of the parade. The slogan is similar to a campaign launched by the youth wing of the SDS, the right-wing conservative party, under the slogan, Two Genders, One Truth. Slovenian President Natasha Pirc-Musar, who was voted into office as an independent candidate, became the first Slovenian head of state to address the parade, describing it in her keynote speech as more than just a colourful event and rainbow flags, she said. It's an expression of the fight for human dignity. It's a protest with the clear message that every human being, regardless of their sexual orientation, sexual identity or sexual expression, is worthy of respect, love and equal treatment. However, the organisers of the annual Pride Parade have criticised police handling of reports of violence against the LGBTIQ community and a tepid government response after what they described as the worst hostility against the community in years. LGBTIQ organisations received many reports of violence that happened before, during and after the parade. In many cases, the persons who had been intimidated had turned to police. However, police did not offer them any protection or ID the perpetrators of the crimes, said the head of the Pride Parade Association, Simona Murchetz. For This Way Out, I'm Barry Mackay in Sydney, Australia. Hi, this is Janice Ian, and you're listening to This Way Out. You ain't gonna get this nowhere else. I'm Brian DeShazer. On the next This Way Out, we take a trip to the Grammy Museum to listen to James Gavin talk about his biography, George Michael, A Life. He had set his sights on becoming a big, big star, not a singer not a songwriter. He wanted to be a star. He wanted world dominance. And he figured out very quickly that he was going to have to take steps to hide in order to get what he wanted. Those stories and more on the next This Way Out. Thanks for discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. News Wrap was reported this week by Sarah Montague and John Dyer V, and produced by Ryan DeShazer. Our correspondent was Barry Mackay. 
the Guggenheimer Sauerkraut Band, Sean Chapin, Men at Work, and the Beatles performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson, composed and performed our theme music. This week, I thank Margaret Roberts and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors like them make this program possible. Please join them. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media, email us at info at thiswayout.org, or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For associate producer Lucia Chappelle and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Greg Gordon. We thank you for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on WCRX, Chicago, Illinois, BridgeRadioPA.com, Earth Andover, New Brunswick, KPFT, Houston, Texas, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned.